Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. The following presentation is a syndication of the QSK podcast used with kind permission of Russ Woodman. We are using this episode today because we do not have enough shows of our own. Please consider recording a show today. Email admin at hackerpublicradio.org for more information. is a proud member of the Fusion Podcast Network. Find us at FusionPodcastNetwork.com Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Welcome to QSK Netcast number three. Tonight is going to be a little bit of a rant cast. I'm going to talk about something that's been a big part of my life for the last 11 years or so. And I have with me my significant other, Cheryl, tonight to talk about it with me. And you're still here, I assume? Yes, I am. Okay, excellent. We're going to talk a little bit about being handicapped and specifically handicapped parking. The reason this is uh, interesting to me and interesting to Cheryl is because Cheryl was in a car accident back in 1994 and has been wheelchair-bound since then. So issues of the handicapped and uh, people with disabilities have been forefront on both of our minds for quite some time. And lately we have been having problems or seeing problems with the scope of handicap placarding and handicap licensing of vehicles particularly in the state of Missouri, which is our state of purview, since that's where we both live. And we're going to talk about this in the context of Missouri statutes, Missouri laws, and what we've both personally seen in our day-to-day lives and experienced in our day-to-day lives. More her than me because, you know, I'm ambulatory and she's not, and she has uh, probably some more ranting to do than I do. We'll talk first about... Handicap parking and the benefits of it. And the benefits of it, as I see it, are the fact that those with disabilities, particularly those who are in wheelchairs or have to deal with crutches or walkers or other mobility devices, have a better chance of being able to get into and out of businesses and other places they might visit, whether it be the local Walmart or the 
you know, national park that they might be visiting or something like that. You know, that's a good thing. That's that's what it's there for. That's the idea. But lately, there have been nothing but problems with it, at least as far as I've seen, because for the most part, it seems like the people who are using handicapped parking spaces or accessing areas that are configured for the disabled aren't particularly disabled. So, so what have you seen lately as far as that goes? Actually, I've been seeing a lot of people that don't appear handicapped, and I'm not saying that they're not, because I'm not a physician, obviously. Basically abusing the fact that, uh, you know, look, here's a handicapped spot, we'll just whip into it. And these are the type of people that go walk laps around the mall, but park in a handicapped spot, and my thought on that is... You know, if you're going to go walk the mall, park in a normal spot and walk the extra 10 feet. But there's just a lot of overall abuses, basically, for the elderly and the handicapped population. And I include elderly because of the fact that they are uh, usually with limited mobility. Stores don't put racks wide enough apart to get a wheelchair through. Restaurants pack tables too closely together to allow someone in a wheelchair to get to a table easily without having to move every time somebody at the neighboring table wants to get up. And it's, you know, it's just, uh, overall, it's not been a good situation. It's not been a good situation the whole time that I've been in a wheelchair. I've noticed the same thing, particularly in restaurants. The thing about restaurants is we spend a lot of time in them, and we notice that anytime there's uh, even a small decrease in the amount of disability consideration in a restaurant, particularly or a business, it's really easy to see, especially when you consider that most places don't really think about it. Like, we, we spend a lot of time going to restaurants. We spend a lot of time going to, like, shows. We... We're friends with a lot of local uh, indie bands, and we like to go to the venues that they play in. Unfortunately, some of them are completely inaccessible, completely inaccessible. Now, in some cases, those are grandfather cases because they're old buildings that can't be retrofitted for uh, ADA compliance or anything like that. But we have one place that we go to where the show floor is up about 35 stairs. There's no elevator or any other way to get into the building. So that place is completely completely inaccessible. But what's interesting is there are places that claim to be accessible that certainly aren't. Like, you might find that you go to a place where there's a parking space that's designated as handicapped parking, but once you get out of your vehicle, there are no ramps onto sidewalks anywhere to be seen. There may be a six-inch curb that nobody in a wheelchair or a walker would be able to navigate. There might be a three-inch step up into the entrance, even if the sidewalk itself is accessible. Then, even if the do- you know, even if you can get from the street or your parking space up onto the sidewalk and up to the door, the door might not be wide enough to allow wheelchair access. So there's lots of things to consider, and most people don't consider those things. I understand that in older buildings, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You can't necessarily do anything to make these things accessible. 
but new construction is supposed to be, and you'd be surprised how much it isn't. But we're going to talk a little bit about some of the laws, and I've done some research on the Missouri statutes. We are focusing on Missouri because these are this is the place where we live, and these are the things that are specific to us. And some of these laws may vary in whatever state or country you live in. I think it's fair to say that most of these probably vary little from state and jurisdiction to other states and other jurisdictions. What are the places that bother you? I mean, what's the, what are the things that you've seen that, that bother you the most about uh, disability concerns? Meaning uh, the ability to get into buildings or parking or what exactly? Or, or anywhere you might want to go or something you might want to do. I mean, what are the things that bother you the most about the ones that you find you can't do or can't go to once you get there? Um, a lot of it is the, the doors aren't wide enough or there's a step up and, you know, I'll, I've called multiple places over the years and said, are you wheelchair accessible? And they've said yes. And then when I get there, there's a step into the building or there's not a ramp onto the curb to get, you know, to the door of the building or the door's not wide enough. Um, multiple times you've had to physically, help me into a building and then carry my wheelchair in because, you know, the door just wouldn't open far enough or, you know, wasn't wide enough to start out with. And then, you know, I've had problems with parking in a handicapped parking spot and having someone rush over and demand to know why I'm parking there because I'm also overweight. Uh, Part of that is due to the fact that I've been in a wheelchair for the last 16 years. But I'm young, and they think that I'm faking it, or I've borrowed grandma's placard or whatever um, to park in that spot. And, you know, one thing that stands out in my mind that was just appalling was several years ago, we were uh, at a restaurant in Branson, Missouri. You and I were there with my parents. Yeah, you and my father stay behind to pay for our meals. My mother and I headed out to our vehicle. My mother was on oxygen. I, of course, was in my wheelchair. And a gentleman stopped, even though there were a dozen empty handicapped parking spots, and demanded to know why we thought we had the right to park in a handicapped parking spot. And that just floored me. You know, not only do I have an old woman behind me with oxygen, but I'm in a wheelchair. And I was, I was just shocked that somebody would have the nerve to ask a question along those lines. But a lot of people, the normal person that's not handicapped or that does not have a handicapped friend or family member never looks at the fact that places are not accessible. You know, I've I've asked friends that, you know, haven't had to deal with me a lot. Well, is that restaurant going to be accessible? Can I get into it? Yeah, of course. Then when we get there, we find it's not. Luckily, I do have a few friends that pay especially close attention to, oh, no, there's a lip that she won't be able to get over to get into this building, or there's no handicap parking, or there's no parking, period. You know, she'd have to park several blocks away. So that's, you know, it's just the overall mistreatment or people not thinking about the disadvantages that the handicapped have over the abled bodied folks. And it's interesting that some people 
are well intentioned. I mean, we'll let's get that out of out in the open to begin with. It's not like they're deliberately trying to make things inconvenient. It's just simply not on their minds. And they look at something like, you know, one step up into a building as perfectly accessible when they don't, you know, when they don't consider the fact that a wheelchair doesn't necessarily go over steps very well. But you can't necessarily blame them because it's just not on their mind. But we have seen some bizarre circumstances when it comes to the using the legalities concerning handicap placarding and handicap license plates. Uh, particularly when it comes to the elderly, which is something you brought up before. It seems like being old these days gives people the idea that it's okay for them to have handicap tags just because they've reached a certain age, because there are seniors or something like that. Well, interestingly, the Missouri statutes, the Missouri laws concerning handicap placarding uh, specifically dispute those things. Uh, before I go into reading some of the, some of the laws specifically, why don't you talk about some of the situations you've come across? You talked about one confrontation we had with you and your mother with a person who just couldn't believe that you were parking in a handicapped spot, despite the fact that you were in a wheelchair and your mother carried portable oxygen. But there was also a situation at the mall we both saw. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us that story? A few years ago, we were at the uh, Battlefield Mall in Springfield, Missouri, um, hunting desperately, it was at Christmas time, hunting desperately for a parking space, hoping that we might possibly get a handicapped spot. And we saw a group of people uh, coming out of the mall. And about that time, we saw um, a car backing out of a handicapped spot. So we rushed to go get that spot. We pulled in, and as we pulled in, there's two, um, I'm assuming, 15 passenger vans parked front to front in the four handicapped spots over there. And there was an older lady and a large group of teenagers. The older lady got into one of the vans and the group of teenagers got into the other one and the older lady then popped her head out of her van and said, bring grandma's placard back to her, which infuriated me because we have a group of 15, 16, 17-year-old girls that had gone you know, shopping purely to abuse grandma's placard because grandma had actual handicap plates on her vehicle. And the state of Missouri, which, you know, they do allow you to have a handicap plate on your car and be issued a placard because there are the times where you might be out of town or in a car, you know, and of course you're going to need the placard. But, um... That was just blatant abuse. And I've seen it multiple times since then, especially at the mall and at Walmart. And you know, there's there's also the case of people parking in the the crosshatch space between handicapped parking spots, purely because they're too lazy to walk an extra twenty feet and park in a real parking space, which creates problems for those that are disabled being able to get their doors open or if the vehicle wasn't there when they got out of their car and is there when they get back, you know, how are you supposed to get back in your vehicle if there's six inches between the car and you need to get a wheelchair, you know, up next to your car? This is just something that, you know, able-bodied people tend to be, and not all, but they tend to be 
unthinking of what they do. Last week, I was at the mall, and I had parked in a handicapped space and had opened my door and heard a car horn and brakes squealing to see a woman driving through the crosshatch area. And apparently, I had opened my door about the time she had started through that crosshatch area. I never thought that I needed to check and make sure that I wasn't going to be roadkill. But that, and, you know, she made it look like, you know, the way she behaved while she was in the car made it seem like it's all my fault that I wasn't paying attention to what she was doing, which was probably illegal. But, you know, as I said, it's just a lot of able-bodied folks don't think of the disadvantages that the handicapped face, whether it's, you know, getting into buildings or, you know, eating in a restaurant or trying to get through clothing racks at a, you know, a store in the mall. You know, there's in places like Sears, they're so tightly packed together. You know, the only hope of getting to the rack in the back is to actually ask a sales clerk to go get you a shirt or something off of that rack that you see that you might like. So, and this, this problem has been in existence since uh, my grandmother was alive because when I took her shopping because of her own personal health concerns, she couldn't walk in the mall. So I would put her in a wheelchair and I would have to go darting through racks to bring clothes out to her because she, we couldn't get her wheelchair back to various racks. Yeah, let's be clear that we're not exactly trying to disparage every able-bodied person, which I happen to be one of. But the whole point here is to get people to think about stuff. I mean, uh, just just on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's nice to think about it. And people, I, I know that people have the attitude that somebody might be in a wheelchair or might have done something to coerce a doctor or something like that to give them a handicap placard just to have the ability to park in the closer spaces to be in that more convenient space but in in terms of the legalities of the situation it's actually completely the other way around those people who are older who give you the evil eye whenever a younger person in a wheelchair parks in a handicapped spot those are the people who are abusing the system and that kind of abuse is rampant unfortunately most people don't even try to enforce the legalities of that system. Um, the police are given pretty much carte blanche to deal with it, but honestly, unless it's going on at the time and you can get a police officer to a parking space where there's a handicapped person or a non-handicapped person either abusing a placard or just plain parking in a space that they're not legally uh, obligated to be in, nothing's really done about it. And it just pisses me off, this whole idea that getting old gives you a pass to get uh, handicap access to places because it's basically a crock of shit. Let's talk a little bit about some of the laws. And I did some digging today and I looked up the Missouri statutes. And like I said, these are all based in Missouri. And I'm guessing that some of these statutes will apply in other states. Some of them won't. The same goes for other countries. But overall, I'm betting that In the United States, most of these laws will apply across the country more or less. So first of all, let's talk about what the fines are in Missouri for fraudulent activities relating to the disabled. Most of the crimes that are involved are either Class B 
or Class A misdemeanors, which are the highest two classes of misdemeanors in the state. The penalties for being convicted of a Class B misdemeanor is a fine up to $500 and between 30 days and six months of jail time. If you're convicted of a Class A misdemeanor, that could be a fine up to $1,000 and between six months and 12 months in jail. Those are pretty stiff fines and jail sentences for some of these infractions. And we'll talk a little bit about how these things work. First of all, I'm going to look at Section 301 of the Revised Missouri Statutes, and this involves titling and licensing of motor vehicles. Now, in subsection 141, uh, paragraph 1 of the law, it reads, Fraudulent procurement or use of disabled person license plates or windshield placards shall be a Class B misdemeanor. That means if you improperly use a placard or a license plate or the vehicle that contains a handicapped license plate in the state of Missouri and you're convicted of that crime, you can be fined up to $500 and spend up to six months in jail for doing that. In paragraph two of that statute, it reads, any physician or other healthcare practitioner authorized to issue a physician's statement or certificate to enable persons to obtain disabled license plates or windshield hanging placards who issues, signs, or furnishes such statement or certificate to any person who does not meet one or more of the conditions set forth in subsection 142, which we'll get to in a minute, if there is no basis for the diagnosis, or who issues, signs, or furnishes such statement for a condition, the diagnosis of which is outside the scope of such health care provider's license, is guilty of a Class B misdemeanor, which means they could be fined up to $500 and spend up to six months in jail. Unfortunately, I think this penalty is not nearly steep enough. I honestly think that if you are a health care provider and you fraudulently issue a statement allowing people to get handicap access to placards or license plates, that you should be convicted of a felony. I think this, is, this should be a felony offense only because the rampant nature that is clearly happening regarding this. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I agree completely. And the fact that when I first got my uh, placard, uh, you know, 16 years ago, um, it stated on the paperwork that the paperwork had to be filled out by an orthopedist, a cardiologist, or a pulmonologist because basically in the state of Missouri if you don't have a heart problem a breathing problem or you're not disabled in some way you're not supposed to have a placard that apparently has since changed because I know a person that has recently gotten a handicap placard that deals with lymphedema that placard or that paperwork was signed by a nurse practitioner oh lymphedema where um, it's a, a severe swelling. Her paperwork was not filled out by a physician. It was actually filled out by a nurse practitioner. So I think the state of Missouri and maybe other states as well need to redefine their rules on who can fill out this paperwork and sign it. Because, you know, she has been offered 
routes for treatment of her condition and she refuses to undergo the treatment that has been suggested, which, you know, that's her right. But she will actually beat me to a handicap parking spot. There's been times where she's parked in a handicap parking spot and I've had to park in a normal parking spot a block away from a building and, you know, hoof it into the building in my wheelchair. And she doesn't understand that, you know, it's rough dealing with a manual wheelchair trying to get into a building from a block away when she's had to make four or five steps to get to the door. Well, here's the thing about that. I'm looking, I didn't have this in my list of notes, but according to Missouri Statute 301, subsection 42, paragraph 3, the person's authorized to provide or to sign the paperwork for authorizing handicapped placards involves the following. Advanced practice registered nurses, chiropractors, podiatrists, and optometrists. And that's it. There, there are statutes which define those people, but I don't believe nurse practitioner is in that list. Now, I could be wrong about that because I'd actually have to go and look at the statutes that defines like an RN licensed uh, pursuant to Chapter 335, and I'd have to go look that up. Um, it was an advanced practice RN. Advanced practice RN is the is the wording. Yes, I would assume that that would be the a nurse practitioner. Okay, well, if that's the case, then that that is done legally. Then, but there are also statutes that because say that also a friend. So, say that again. I said she's also a personal friend of ours. So you know we've we've gone through her getting her RN license and then her going back to school to get the additional training she needed to become a nurse practitioner which is uh, essentially a physician's assistant in my mind but apparently they have enough training to count it for more than that so they they apparently fall under these guidelines properly but um you know aside from the fact that the that i don't think or that we don't think the penalty for fault you know for fraudulently issuing this paperwork is is steep enough let's let's take a look at the missouri statutes and the specific definitions which consider people disabled according to missouri state law now this is in missouri statute uh, 301 subsection 142 um paragraph one says as used in sections 301-141 and 301-143, the following terms mean. Uh, paragraph 4 says, physically disabled is defined as a natural person who is blind or a natural person with medical disabilities which prohibits, limits, or severely impairs one's ability to ambulate or walk as determined by a licensed physician or other authorized health care practitioner as follows. Subparagraph A says, the person cannot ambulate or walk 50 or less feet without stopping to rest due to a severe and disabling arthritic, neurological, orthopedic condition, or other severe and disabling condition. Or, the person cannot ambulate or walk without the use of or assistance from a brace, cane, crutch, another person, prosthetic device, wheelchair, or other assistive device, or 
is restricted by a respiratory or other disease to such an extent that the person's forced respiratory expiratory volume for one second when measured by spirometry is less than one liter or the arterial oxygen tension is less than 60 millimeters of mercury on room air at rest. Now there's a lot of medical mumbo jumbo and legalese in that statement, but basically if you're if your breathing at rest is less than 60% O2 on room air, then you qualify anything above that you don't. And trust me, if you're breathing at 60% or less, you're not breathing very well. Let's continue here. Subparagraph D says, uses portable oxygen or has a cardiac condition to the extent that the person's functional limitations are classified as severity 3 or 4 according to standards set by the American Heart Association, and I'll talk about those here in a second. Or, and this is my favorite part of this statute right here. This is Missouri Statute 301, subsection 142, paragraph 4, subparagraph F. A person's age in and of itself shall not be a factor in determining whether such person is physically disabled or is otherwise entitled to disable license plates and or disable windshield hanging placards with the meaning of the sections we've already talked about. So here's a section that specifically excludes people who are old from getting licensed placards unless they have some other condition which warrants it. Which means if you happen to be 85, drive a car, and can go to Walmart, get out of your car, and walk into the store, you don't qualify. You would be amazed, or maybe you wouldn't be amazed, at how many people this situation defines exactly. I would say probably at least 75% of Missouri's population over the age of 60 are owners of handicap placards or license plates. Because, you know, I see, as I said, you know, I see them get out of their cars at the mall to go walk the mile and a half or whatever it is, the, the circumference of inside at the mall. Um, but they park in a handicapped parking spot. They don't use it with a cane or a crutch or, you know, or with the use of a walker. Um, you know, they, they go in and they jog around the mall, perfectly capable, and then walk back out to their car that's parked in the handicapped spot. You know, there's times at Walmart or at other businesses where, you know, the the elderly person that pulls in has an obvious problem. You know, you can tell that they they just they don't ambulate very well. But then there's those that you know are the ones that are like the mall walkers where. They're perfectly capable of going in and wandering around Walmart for two hours looking at everything under the sun with, you know, they don't need a walker or a cane or a crutch or they don't use oxygen. And I have a big problem with that because I think they actually are abusing, you know, their power. And as I said, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that 75% of Missouri that's over the age of 60 probably has a handicap placard or a handicap license plate of that 75%. I would say probably less than 50% actually qualifies probably more like 30 or 40, you know, and I, I could be wrong, but just from what I've observed over the years, it seems like maybe one in three or four actually looks like they should 
be using the handicap placard when I've been out and about. I think uh, 40% is probably generous. I, I'd say probably 4% actually meet the criteria as outlined in the laws. You may say, well, we're, we're judging a book by its cover, and, and you can't really make that justification because they could have some impairment which gives them the right to have the handicap placard. But honestly, if you look at the laws and if you look at a person who drives to a particular place, and they outline um, in the laws a specific distance. You know, if you can walk more than 50 feet unaided, then you don't qualify. So basically, if someone parks in a handicapped spot, gets out of their car, and walks into whatever business they've parked in front of, they don't qualify. It's as simple as that. I mean, you, you look at the laws, and you look at the person. If, if that's the case, if they don't have a walker, if they don't have an obvious impairment of some kind and they're able to walk the 50 feet from the handicapped parking space into the door of the business they've just driven up to they don't qualify for a handicapped placard it doesn't matter if they're 75 25 or 105 i mean it's it's plain and simple and i suspect that five percent of the people who have handicapped placards or handicapped license plates probably meet the criteria i i'd consider this epidemic at this point and that's why we're talking about it, because it's, I mean, it's annoying as hell, really, when you look at it from, from the point of view of a person who really does need the assistance. Those people who are taking advantage of the situation is just ridiculous. And you may say, well, what about the handicap, or what about the heart condition part of the law? Well, here are the, part, here are the heart condition classifications from the American Heart Association that, that, uh, that qualify. Class 3 says, patients with cardiac disease resulting in marked limitation of physical activity. They're comfortable at rest, but less than ordinary activity causes fatigue, palpitation, dyspnea, or anginal pain. So basically, unless you're stooped over clutching your chest when you get inside the Walmart door, you don't qualify. And class four says patients with cardiac disease resulting in inability to carry on any physical activity without discomfort. Symptoms of heart failure or the anginal syndrome may be present even at rest. If any physical activity is undertaken, discomfort increases. So you're talking about people who have a heart condition so serious that if they were even walking, you would know. You'd be able to tell. They'd be in, in clear pain just from being ambulatory. So honestly, if anyone gets out of a vehicle in front of a business from a handicapped parking space and is able to walk into that business and walk back out without assistance, they do not qualify for handicapped placard. I hate to say it. Uh, I hate to sound like I'm dissing on everybody, and I hate to sound like I'm being the the bad guy and disparaging of all of our citizens and all of our seniors in particular, but this this has got to stop. It's ridiculous at this point. I've got a couple more things to uh, talk about here before we wrap up, but uh, any more thoughts you want to throw in? No, actually, um, I think we've pretty well covered the fact that, you know, we're irritated that, you know, this is going on. I have handicapped friends that have basically expressed the same complaints, you know, about, you know, the whole, the whole gamut that we've pretty well covered this evening. I, I, at times, I just wish people would wake up and look around at what they're doing. 
or what they are contributing to, like doctors giving elderly people that don't meet the qualifications, uh, you know, uh, the paperwork that they need in order to get license plates. It, it defines who should actually get the handicap placard or a license plate. The people that are out jogging around inside the mall definitely aren't clutching their chest or, you know, using oxygen. So how did they manage to acquire that paperwork legally? You know, unless if they just whined at their doctor and they said, okay, we'll give it to you. And as I said, you know, I, I'm not a physician. I can't judge anyone. Because, you know, my father had a heart condition and there were days that, you know, the the mere act of him going to get gas in his vehicle just wore him out. But other days where he could actually muster up the energy to go to the grocery store. Usually by the time he got home, he needed a nap. But, you know, so there I everybody has good and bad days, you know, obviously. But again, you know, it, it pretty well says if you, if you don't need oxygen or some sort of assistive device, like a wheelchair, cane, whatever, um, you really don't need the placard. There's lots of people out there that are getting the placards or tags that don't need that stuff. So, Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. And I, and I believe it goes back to the punishment. I believe the punishment is not steep enough. And the enforcement is completely absent. I mean, $500 fine for a doctor is essentially nothing. And the fact that they probably rarely get prosecuted for such things means that they're just going to do it. They know they'll never get caught for it. And even if they do, the penalty for doing so is just minimal. If you make the penalty 10 years in jail mandatory for doing this just once, you know, things are going to change. I think it's pretty clear. And speaking of penalties for stuff, let's talk about this other thing that I wanted to make people aware of. And that is that if you happen to know somebody who's got a car with handicap placard or handicap tags on it, that doesn't mean you get to use it. Just because you happen to have access to one doesn't mean it's legal to park in, you know, a handicapped space. People may think, well, I've got a placard. I'm borrowing it from my friend Joe or from my friend Jane. Therefore, I can park in a handicapped space. Well, no, you can't. There's uh, a little side bit to this law that a lot of people may not realize. And that's that for every placard or license plate that's that's issued, there is a corresponding doctor's document and a corresponding registration for that placard. And if a cop comes up to you and knocks on your window and says, can I see the registration for that placard, and you show it to him, well, first of all, you're not going to have it because you're not supposed to have the placard. But even if you do, the registration is not going to match your license, and you're screwed, basically. Unfortunately, that kind of enforcement just doesn't happen. Uh, but if it did, uh, you'd be out of luck, brother. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. Because, quite frankly, the law says if you happen to abuse the privilege of parking in a, in a handicap placard or a handicap space, but you don't have a placard, the fine for that, in the state of Missouri at least, is from $50 to $300. Most people are willing to risk that because they're not going to get prosecuted pretty much. Although, if I happen to be around, they may find themselves in a sticky situation. And on top of that, if you happen to be borrowing somebody else's placard and get caught doing that, you're guilty of a Class B misdemeanor. And as we talked about before, a Class B misdemeanor in the state of Missouri means you could be fined up to $500 and spend six months in jail or both. I honestly wish that enforcement was tighter on this, that the penalties were steeper, 
you know, this is coming from a person who's not particularly big on laws in general, but if we're going to have these statutes in place to make things easier for people with disabilities who actually need it, then we shouldn't be watering it down and dumbing it down and making it ridiculous and just giving everybody a placard. Because at some point, they're just going to be given out to everybody. This, the whole situation is going to be untenable. Nothing's going to get enforced. And it's just going to be a ridiculous bullshit situation, which I think we're getting very close to now. So I think something needs to be done about it. Um, I think enforcement needs to be stepped up. I think penalties need to be stiffened. And if something doesn't happen about it soon, I may go on some kind of crusade. We'll see what happens. I think I've ranted myself out at this point, and we've gone plenty long enough. So if there's anything else you want to rant about, go ahead. And uh, after that, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. No, I think I'm done with ranting this evening. Well, you haven't ranted very much. You haven't you haven't gotten lots of bile and vitriol in your voice. I'm sorry. I it's just it's a problem that has gone on for so long now i've i've just kind of shrugged my shoulders and sigh and cope and deal because you know as you said it's it's getting way out of hand and at this point it seems like there's no hope in it being fixed anytime soon because you know each year it just seems to get a little worse instead of better so at this point you know all I can do is just cope and deal and go on. Well, maybe this will start us on the road to uh, a better future for those with disabilities. Who knows? Something might might spark somebody to get something done. If not, maybe we'll have to do it ourselves. But, you know, let's not sit back. Let's not be lackadaisical about the situation. It's really getting out of hand. It's getting untenable. Old people do not, by default, get handicap placards. If nothing else, just write a little, you know, fake ticket or something. If you see somebody who's in the situation, stick it under their windshield wiper, tell them they're a jerk or an asshole or something for parking in a handicapped space when it's clear they shouldn't be, or they're abusing the privilege of somebody else's placard. We have to, you know, we have to start somewhere, and if that's where we have to start, well, let's do it. Anyway, thank you for coming on and talking to me or talking with me about this. It's been a lot of fun. You're welcome. I don't get included in anything like this usually. So it was fun. Well, you've been included in this one, and I'm sure we'll include you in the future. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it's about time to sign off. I think we both need to get uh, to bed here and get this podcast out and let everybody listen to us have our little bit, our uh, 35-minute bitch fest. So thanks once again for everybody for tuning in to the QSK Netcast. This has been Episode 3 with Russ and Cheryl. And uh, I will catch you all in the next episode in a week or so. And uh, we'll rant or teach you about something else, something interesting. Stay tuned. It's all going to be good. We'll catch you next time. Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net.
So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.